Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Each week we delve deep with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking, out-of-the-box minds in health, consciousness, mindset, and spirituality. This show inspires our listeners to improve their body and mind, and our intention is to fuse and unlock the conscious warrior and shift the balance in the current paradigm. Hey guys, what's up everyone? In this episode of the Sen Podcast, we are joined for the second appearance on the podcast by Matt Belair. This is such a fun conversation. We really had such a good time speaking to Matt again and catching up. However, each week we have very deep conversations with all different types of people, from the Iceman Wim Hof, inspiration and motivational speaker Prince Ayer, UFC fighter Carlos Condit, to Stephen K. Hayes who spent 10 years being the bodyguard of the Dalai Lama, But in this episode, this is actually Matt's second appearance on the show. And I can even see from the first time we actually chatted with Matt in episode 2 of the podcast that even in the short period of about 7 months, how Matt, both myself and Chris, have also ascended in our journeys. For you guys who don't know Matt, he has a wealth of experience and knowledge in many areas from sports psychology, self-development, awareness, the law of attraction, visualisation, martial arts, training the body and mind... He's also studied meditation with the Buddhist monks in Nepal. Man, the list absolutely goes on. He is absolutely fully equipped to say the least. But before we jump off this podcast, also please don't forget to leave a review of the podcast and just let us know what you think. But this podcast is an absolute gem of an episode, so without further ado, Matt Belay. How's it, how's it going? You all right? Oh man, it's going friggin' tremendously, dude. I can't even. What's where you're at now? You're in Barcelona. I'm in Barcelona now, yeah. Oh, it's classic. Yeah. Beautiful city. What beautiful city it is. Yes, it is beautiful. Yeah, skateboarding's great. Uh, making just epic connections everywhere. I see that beard's definitely improving. <laughs> yeah, it's still growing. Yeah, I'm on beard calm. I'm gonna keep an eye on it. And I... <laughs> Well, I'd just like to say welcome back to the podcast again. It's an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me back. Stoked to be back. You guys have been killing it in the meantime. Yeah, definitely. Um, Matt, I know as well that you've, um, a few weeks back, you were at the Dr. Joe Dispenza workshop. Yeah, the advanced. advanced. Yeah, so cool. But um, how was that? It was amazing, dude. It was uh it was amazing. He does a the first one I went to is progressive, so the, that was three days, um, and I had to do an eight hour online course just to go, and then oh. I did the three day one and to go to the advanced one. So you must do a progressive to do the advanced, and that's when they have uh, brain mapping and and all this kind of stuff. And there's amazing people and amazing stories and such high energy, and uh, it, it, was, it was amazing. It was kind of like a five day meditation slash science retreat it was very interesting well wow. i know you touched a little about brain mapping as there might but what were some of the other things that you were doing at the seminar um so tons of tons of meditation that was most of the practical knowledge now he had brain mapping and there so there's brain mapping uh done by dr jeffrey fannin and that in itself is you know that could be a whole podcast because they're doing these brain scans and i guess your brain emits a uh, uh, say an electrical volt that's like 10 to 60 microvolts they have 
the brain's uh, maps going into millions of microvolts, like repeated. And some, so yeah. some of them are Kundalini experiences as like awakening experiences. So that's one of the things where, um, you know, meditation, they say we are all one or something like that. Well, there's yogic breathing techniques that I can do and, and anybody can do um, that makes you kind of pop out of your body. And you have this really transcendent experience that you're like, holy sweet mother of God, what the hell is that? And um, you can't describe it to anybody. And so people in his seminars through these meditations are having experiences like that or spontaneous remissions of healing of uh, terminal illnesses or serious illnesses, and they capture them uh, on these on the brainwave scans and and they're just you know they're putting the science together. So you know he says that every seminar he does, every advanced one, they make scientific history, and they're just kind of compiling as much knowledge as they can because they're really bringing in a world that's you know, not proven. It goes against science, right? It's like, you know, how do you prove the mystical or the miraculous or all that kind of stuff? But they're doing their best to figure that out and, and make it, it indisputable that you cannot dispute the science. And when they're ready, you know, that's when I think they're going to release it and, and try and, you know, go, go to the masses with it. Um, but what else? Yeah, they had the Heart Math Institute there. Um, so they were doing, um, you know, how your, how your heart and, uh, I don't know what the heck they're doing, man. You know, science isn't my strong suit. Let's just say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're hooking us up with things and, you know, just, just testing. And we were doing uh, chakra or energy center uh, meditations, um, you know, so you're getting all your energy aligned and how, how you feel. But it was interesting because what I could see within the, each day, the more we were going through and doing mostly the meditation processes, it was kind of like mm-hmm. meditation, science, and information. Meditation, science, and information. And, you know, as much as you could take all day. Yeah, I've seen your uh, Facebook pictures. It looks so cool. Um, when, like when you were getting the brain mapping done. But uh, Matt, did, did you actually get a needle in your head as well when we were doing that? No, it just looks cool. It's like, it's just gel. It's, uh, oh, is it? All right. Yeah, the, the lady. And so they had who they had. It's uh, Quantum University. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, there's like someone. It's Quantum University is there doing it. So these these people, man, are, you know, way, way smarter than I am. And they're, yeah. and they're dedicated to, you know, how do we prove the unprovable? And, and they're they're working together as a team because they're seeing it happen, you know? It's like a, a person cures himself of cancer and then it happens again and again. And then so they say, no, it is possible. Like, you can do this. This is, this is possible. And so they're trying to prove it scientifically. And that's a tough task. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So was that the sort of things that they were looking for when they were monitoring your brainwaves, Mark? Uh, they just, you know, they're, they're just thorough. Um, so every, you know, everybody got a brain, not everybody, but I'd say most people got a brainwave map. Um, and they're just looking for what is happening, you know, what is happening during the meditation and then with each meditation, what's happening. So then they can look at which meditation produced what result, right? So that's where the science comes in. They're trying to monitor as much as they can, get as much information as they can so they can improve on the techniques and, uh, obviously, get better results for the people because that's what they're doing, right? It's they want to, we want, they want to create results and they want, you know, people to be happy and healthy. And you know, for me, you know, it's kind of like you know, it's it's simple stuff like working out. You know, if you're really out of shape, you know, once you start hitting the gym and working out, eating vegetables, it changes how you look and how you feel and your energy levels. So with yeah, me, that's... I know with meditation, what's possible. And unless you get to go to that, you know, realm where you can pop out of your body, which is not the point of meditation, um, and there's only certain meditations that really produce that result, or it comes randomly for no apparent reason, 
um, you have no idea what the heck we're talking about. So it's hard to put your faith in it, you know, or if you're really out of shape and you go to the gym one time, right? And you're just sore or you go for a week and you don't see the results. So it really takes a little bit of process, uh, you know, to see the results, but to really know what's possible and really know why you're doing it. Yeah, it's really fascinating that, Matt. And um, so, Matt, like, do you know what like the results said after like they were monitoring your brain waves? Like, did it show like when you were in, like deep states of like meditation and things like that? Um, so you get to do a consultation that I have not had yet, but I could I could see them. I could see mine, and I could see the other people that I was connected to. And yeah. I was sitting beside this really cool dude from Amsterdam. And he's just like. He's like, he's like, do you meditate a lot, man? I was like, I was like, yeah, why? He's just like, look, at, and he's looking at my screen and comparing it to his, and my resting state was a lot lower than his. And then I looked at the girls beside me, and so I, I had a lot less activity. I guess that means yeah. <laughs> I don't know that's good. There's like a lot less going on up there, but um, it was yeah, it was a little bit calmer. So when I get those results, I, I definitely will. I'll send you guys an email and do, and do a post. But you get to do a consult with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin who's a uh, neuroscientist, I think. Better make sure of that. But uh, a really clever guy, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So when you um, did get a little quick result about what people, each of you are like, um, were, you, were you surprised with it Like when you found out you had less going on up there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, w- I wasn't, no, I was, I perceive it as good. Anyways, because, you know, through a lot of meditation, and it's a, the practice of awareness, right? Uh, Alan Watts, I think I might have even said this last time, and said, you know, uh, medita- meditation is such a, an absurd practice. You know, practice to be in the moment. Where the hell are you if you're not in the moment? So, you know, through meditation and other things that, I, that I've done, I try to be in the moment. And if you're in the moment, you're, you know, you're not, th- it's when you start to think, and right? So you sit down, you try to meditate, and then you're thinking about, you know, what you had for lunch, and your girl problems or whatever the case is, right? And then your brain is active and it's doing all these things. But in presence, uh, you're you're experiencing directly, and there's lots, there's much less nonsense going on. So I I perceive it as that anyway. So when I get the brain map, we'll ho- we'll hope it's that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what I'm leaning towards, but I I don't know for sure yet. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about meditation is because you can actually see the activity of your mind, and when you are seeing the mind in the, all these different trains of thought you understand like wow i really do need meditation because my mind is doing so much yeah totally and, oh sorry go ahead oh uh, no i was just, i was just gonna lay down to there okay lay down there. <laughs> i wanted to add to that because uh, you you sparked an idea i had a long time ago um we're, yeah, we're, sure, we're huh? thinking uh so it's i think the average human has 70 to ninety thousand thoughts per day which is insane and Everything that I've read about the power of thoughts is is basically like, you know, they're extremely powerful, extremely ridiculously, tremendously, heroically powerful. And the way that I kind of see it is like when you have a thought, it's like taking Play-Doh from your mind and throwing it into reality, like little bits at a time. So, you know, you're fearing something, you know, and you grab some Play-Doh and you're like, I don't want to get hit by a car or something. And you throw that Play-Doh piece to reality to start to build. So each thought, you're throwing a little tiny bit of Play-Doh out there. And it's really important what Play-Doh, what thought substance, what creation that you're throwing out there. So 
if we begin to change our thoughts, we, you know, we change our mood or feeling, we change our result. And it all begins with our thoughts and how we think. Um, like I give the example, if I'm teaching someone how to do a backflip on a snowboard or a double backflip or something like that, you know, I don't go and give them coaching advice saying like, okay, you're ready to drop in. Now, don't think about falling. You know, go, go down and just don't think about falling the entire time. It's pretty messed up advice. Yeah, you got to say, um, you know, think about landing the trick. Think about doing it perfectly. And then that's, you know, that's the result. That's the Play-Doh you're throwing out to get the result you want. And so if we had a device that monitored every thought and kind of logged what we thought, what our, what our uh, habitual thoughts were, and I can't remember what the percentage is, it's really high, but the habitual thoughts we have is like 70 or 80 or 90%, like something stupid, I think it's probably like 90, but we're having the same habitual thoughts, and I bet you you could link those to your results that you're getting in all areas of your life. So if you're having pro- problems with relationships or money or you know self-worth or um, lack or whatever it is, I think that you'd be able to find it. So maybe that's an idea for, uh, you know, 10, 20 years, but I think that that would be amazing if it could monitor those thoughts and then kind mm-hmm. of, you know, access them with, you know, categories. Yeah. That would be one like longer report to read that, <laughs> wouldn't it? On your mind. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Uh, well, my, I know as well that the the pineal gland is so fascinating and has a lot of play in like the role of deep meditation. Like, like, did you learn anything about the pineal gland at the seminar and your time doing the practice? Totally, yes. Uh, what did you say though? Date meditation? Uh, deep. 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 Oh, deep. Like deep meditation. <laughs> Sorry, <man>. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, man. The pineal gland. We had a whole. I love the pineal gland. I've known about the pineal gland forever. So, for those of you who don't know about the pineal gland, go go search it and then look at all the ancient structures around the world. So, there's one in China. Uh, anyway, no, the Vatican is it's like a, it looks like a pine cone, and if you look at all these ancient structures, they have all the you know, and same within Greek, uh, you know, all the temples in Egypt, they have these like pine cone structures all over the world, and that's what your pineal gl- gland looks like, and your pineal gland emits dimethyltryptamine. Um, yeah. Now, when you do a meditation process, what I learned because he did he did a, probably a, an hour discussion on it. And it was super neat. I learned some new new things. Um, but when you go through a, the meditation process and you activate the the, the pineal gland, you're also getting other chemicals um, in your brain from the meditation. So it's activating different parts of your brain, connecting these you know different chemicals. So when you have a DMT trip or an ayahuasca trip, when you produce it naturally within your brain, you're actually getting more chemicals, more of the good natural stuff. So nothing outside you is coming in. So it's all, you know, getting high in your own supply. So it creates a little bit of a different experience. Um, and crazy things can happen. Uh, so, huh, do you have any specific questions? Because, like, to do his lecture, you know, <laughs> what he's, or I could just try to bust out everything that I, that I think that I know. Um, but uh, do you have any specific questions about it? Hmm. Just, uh, yeah, it's just a base, just over general generalization, really. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, yeah. I know that could be a, that could be a, like a, that could be a huge podcast. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. You know, I would I definitely wouldn't consider myself an expert on the pineal gland, but what I know is it creates DMT, dimethyltryptamine. Um, it it's and that's in all plants, all animals, um, all humans. And when you get a burst of DMT, you go to another realm. That is more real than here. 
Um, yeah. it, and it is, it is the place that I've been to on ayahuasca. It is the place that I go when I, you know, tried DMT, but I can also produce it through yogic breathing. And that's the way for me to get the best result. And the way that I say it is I, I'm going home. I get to be my spirit body. And for me, this isn't something that's like, oh, mystical, new age, woo woo. I was like, if you do this breathing technique, you can go. And I was like, if you're going to just talk, sit there and talk shit, be like, it's new age, woo woo, do the breathing meditation then. You know, yeah. I can go and I've seen this place and, and, uh, you can come too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. once you go, then you, you can't talk shit anymore because you actually went. And so for yeah. me, it's a breathing technique that gets me to go. Um, and what he did is he did it, you know, we got up on our last day at 4am and that's when, uh, the DMT is most, most active in your body. And so you're producing the most amount of DMT naturally and we did a different type of meditation, and I had a very strong experience. I didn't pop completely as I have before, but I definitely had like a like a a mild to medium psychedelic experience. And for me, some people that were explaining it, like you know, because he was talking about you know how it could be that real next level experience. So for some people who had never experienced any of it, just getting like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of, of that feeling was really profound for them because a lot of people are so uh, structured and um, they're so set in their patterns, right? Some people have been running a pattern for 20, 30, 50 years, right? Yeah. So what this does, the DMT kind of unlocks, you know, to this other realm, to the infinite realm, because your mind is like a computer program, you know, and you're getting all these, uh, you know, viruses in you know, nonsense and this programming from your parents and your culture and society. And, you know, you've kind of lost that essence and that's what meditation is for. So if you can't, you know, and this is just not just about meditation. Think about meditation sitting there and just relaxing your mind is one thing, but there's guided meditations, there's different ways, but it's the practice of clearing your mind. So if you can't sit down and clear your mind, you know you're in trouble. You got to realize that that is not a good thing and you that is a disease and you need to heal that. You need to see it as a disease because it is. Wow. And wow. that's what... Uh, meditation can do and then you could do you know dr joe has some of the best guided meditations and i am going to start making my own because i've always made my own but his process was just slightly tighter than the process that i use so i was like okay that's cool now i'm going to take what i learned from him and you know do go back to my own process and i i feel like it's a little bit you know slightly tighter and then he's just you know he's going to probably make a better one because he keeps doing it improving and then doing it improving and that's yeah. and that's the thing so you could go to his website and get a guided meditation um you could do chakra meditations you could do yoga the point is to do it and if you need it to be guided uh, go for it but a uh, DMT the pineal gland is in the back of your mind produces DMT and you can activate it in certain ways um the whole fluoride thing and the whole what we eat all these chemicals is to basically calcify the pineal gland. I don't care if people think that's like, you know, some sort of conspiracy thing. It's definitely, no, it's, it's definitely true. It's definitely, definitely true. Yeah. You can look at scans of brains and you can see it's all calcified. So why would that be now? Even if it is, you know, we have the power to transcend that, but there's definitely systems in place that want to prevent this. Like why is it meditation in school? Why is this, you know, why are we not taught to eat vegetables, but we're eating quick canned nonsense? Yeah, crap. When you when you switch, like if you have a really crappy diet and you switch, you know, I just wrote something on Instagram the other day, and it's like a mental cleanse, like really easy. Um, if you switch your diet completely and have no sugar, and this is the ayahuasca diet, no sugar, no salt, no meat, no dairy, no caffeine, no booze. Um, so at first I didn't know what the hell to eat, but after six days of doing that meditation, the weird byproduct I had was how clear I thought. 
And at the time, my diet wasn't terrible, but I was eating like delicio pizzas and you know stuff like that. And I just upped my game. And then since then, I've changed my diet completely. And I think I think differently. I can concentrate longer. I have more energy. All of this stuff. So you know. It's so you have to try really, really hard to find the stuff that's good for you and to live in a way that is healthy and natural, which is really weird because everything that's pushed upon us is the shite, you know, is McDonald's, is all this, is easy and fast. And so if you can recognize that and, you know, begin making changes, you'll, you'll see really, really big results. Yeah. I like what you said there, Matt, because I think about this, I think food isn't just food, food is information. 100%. 100%. And it's like, you know, uh, one, I, I did a podcast with uh, one of my friends. I, I just started doing that myself. And, uh, and he said, there's two types of food, alive food or dead food. And if you kind of see it like that, like a nice fresh avocado is alive, you know, it's like green and it's, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. And, you know, meat's okay within, uh, you know, within reason, but it is dead food and, and you only need so much of it, right? We're just overcompensating on these different things. And if you look at, uh, Oh my God, just like something, what in a can, there's so much chemicals in there, you know, they have all these chemicals and your brain is consistently producing chemicals. So, you know, what does that, what does that mean for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So I might just bring this back to the seminar a bit. What did the full day look like and how many times were you in meditation? Uh, we meditated a lot and it was awesome. So the day would look like, it started like nine. And we would get um, usually, you know, day notes. And uh, some days, I think, I think of the three of the four, we started with meditation. I think other than the first day, we started with the actual walking meditation, which I really like. So we just started releasing yeah. these walking meditations. And, you know, so in meditation, there's standing, sitting, lying, and... Standing, sitting, lying, and walking. I guess it's walking because <laughs> we did when yeah. I was in when I was in the, the Shaolin uh, Academy in China. That's the first time I did standing meditation. That mm-hmm. was challenging. And then we had because the masters could do it. Awesome. We stand there and kind of like the stance and do it, and it was really different. And I think there's definitely value to trying different ways. So we'd start with a walking meditation most days, um, and that was about an hour and a half. And then we come back and we would get a lecture, you know, a little break. And then, you know, a lot of science, man. Like it was, it was yeah. full on, you know, lots of science and information and then another meditation. And so it was basically uh, the day was split up would be, you know, anywhere from an hour to two hour meditation and then, a, and then science and information around it. Um, and then a break, you know, new meditation, mm-hmm. science and information around it and a break and the way that I kind of see it too is like, again, with like the workout analogy, you know, if somebody comes to me and I want to, ch- you know, teach them martial arts, I can tell them all this, uh, you know, theory about it, whatever, but then I can get them to do it. And the thing is, the nice thing with the five days is you're doing it so much that, um, you know, you're giving yourself a real opportunity to experience the results. Mm-hmm. So with fitness, right, it'd be like, you know, getting all the information about what a proper workout program is and how you're going to eat healthy and blah, blah, blah. And then you hit the gym and you come back. So it's kind of like that for your mind. 
Yeah, definitely. But when you were talking about the um, the walking meditations before, I actually tried doing the um, the Wim Hof method air uh, walking, and I, ne- I nearly passed out. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I definitely recommend don't do that. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the Wim Hof one is a walking one, man. <laughs> yeah, no. I just thought I just thought I'll try it, and uh, it definitely didn't work. Oh man, yeah. Well, you <laughs> got it. Did work, but not in the right way. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. That's the way to do it. I uh, I like your your courage to just give that a go. Just try something new. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt as well. Um, obviously the um the book you are the placebo as well, which um obviously was done by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, wrote, which he wrote as well. I was thinking in my head that must have been like a big benefactor to, like to you going to seminar as well. Yeah. yeah, totally. I read that. Uh, he and he's written I think three, four books, maybe more. Um, Doc, uh, you are the placebo is the newest one, and it's just it's all science. You know, it's all the science. And my problem is that you know for my whole life I've just thought like this. I've thought that anything is possible. You know, I thought yeah. that, you know, you know, I, you know, anything is possible, man. I can heal my body. I can do this. I can do that. And then, you know, people generally, if they're not there, they're like, you know, that's bull crap. That's not possible. Blah, blah, blah. So I just love him because he's just finding in all of the science around it, you know, it's the same like, you know, Wim Hof and can do all these amazing things. It's like, no, that's, that's not possible. This and that. It's like, how about I just do it? And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And then, you know, he even says like, I could teach people to do this. Uh, and, and just a few short weeks. And so, yeah, you know, this is all, you know, we're all cr- created with the same power. Um, we just don't all have the same information, or the same practices, and we're all going through uh, our own our own discoveries. But if you're limiting yourself, if you're convincing yourself that you're not infinitely powerful, you need to really look at your belief system because why the hell would you do that to yourself? Where would that thought come from? Because that thought is definitely a thought. It's, a, it's again, a mental disease. It's not freaking real. Yeah, definitely. I absolutely love that book as well, by the way. And obviously, you you taught us about that book as well, so, which is absolutely cool as well. And um, now I've, I think I've, I think I've recommended that book to about a thousand people now as well. Oh, nice. And I I think as well, people are just sick of us now saying it to them. Mm. <laughs> um, but I was wondering, Matt, like when you first ever picked that book up and um, started reading it, like what was the first thing that you thought in your head, like when you were reading the first couple of chapters? I was like, uh, I was like, hell yeah, man, the science. Yeah. Of yeah, yeah it's just like. Because for me, I for me it's interesting because I that's the only book like that that I actually loved. Yeah. Because I really do not like it when I pick up a book and I'm here to learn something about how to like change my life or you know secrets to business or the law of attraction or manifest your dreams or you know the guide to lucid dreaming or like you know if I'm reading something that's telling me that I'm going to be able to make a change and improve my life. And you don't give me any strategies. I get pissed. And the example that I use is The Secret. The difference between the book The Secret, which is super popularized, and my friend and mentor's book, Michael Lozier, uh, the, um, the Law of Attraction, uh, The Science of Getting More of What You Want and Less of What You Don't. Um, mm-hmm. I would happily just disregard The Secret and not even have it exist and just give out that book because it's all tools and strategies on how to make the Law of Attraction work. The secret is all about, you know, story that tells you about someone's miraculous story where they use the law of attraction at work, which they're both beneficial. But the way that I like it is I want the tools. I want to know how. I don't care um, if somebody did it. I know I can do that. I don't need convincing. You know, if you need convincing, sure, read the secret. Like I I already have. That's the whole that's the whole point of, you know, um, know, my kind of like disdain for that way. It's just because of how I'm made because I've always made. Uh, 
to think that I can just do anything. So Dr. Joe, I'm reading his book, and he's given no strategy. It's 290 pages of proof. But for the one of the few books I read that I was like, I love this, and the last 10 pages are um, just a guided meditation. That's the only tool. But all I want are tools, right? But because the information was so solid and so next level and so necessary, um, and it just proved you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that our minds shape our realities, I just loved it because you know, I, I'm sure I'll get to the point where I'll remember more and more of this stuff and use it if, if I'm talking at seminars or whatever, yeah. but I just don't care. If you need to, you know, go read his book. I'm not, I'm not, my mind doesn't care to remember this study and that study, you know, yeah. you know, I, I just don't, you know, although I probably should remember, but that's, you know, he's finding those. So he's doing the work for me. So then you can just come to me and I can say, Hey, here's how you do it. Yeah, definitely. I think sometimes as well when you first when you first take it in, like for me, I've read that book a few times now, and I think when you first take it in, like instantly, sometimes all the studies you can't take it in, but your mind is like still like subconsciously like taking it in, if you know what I mean. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I, as, as well, Matt, like when the, when I first when I first um, read that book as well, the first few chapters, the first thing that I said in my head, I just said, "Thank you, Matt." <laughs> <laughs> well, because, you are welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Doctor Joe. Good job. Yeah. Definitely, but then then I just thought like straight away in my head I thought like that book just really ties like back like it backs up what I already knew in my head and what I've always felt and always knew in my heart, and it like really ties into as well like and what's really been fascinating me a lot as well in my life is that we can like create a certain outcome by visualization or even projecting or sending out positive thoughts, but in by creating a future outcome as well and how we can create situations or even create our own future reality within our own mind, and that's just so powerful to me. And as well, also how we can like personally like use the expectation of like a particular outcome to alter our own internal state as well as our external reality, just solely through the action of our mind, and we can even heal our own body without any need of any external influences. Yeah, and that's just so powerful. Yeah, man. Beautiful. Yeah, it's the proof. It's the proof to that knowing, which is nice, right? It's confirmation to what we know. Yeah, so this definitely. is so this is the way that I, that, I, and I'll give you like the rundown of like how you create you know whether you want health abundance anything mm -hmm. this is how it works and i can draw i've i've i'm able to draw a nice little bridge for most people so for anybody listening right now you just you know relax your mind taking a deep breath and then you imagine a lemon in your mind there's a big juicy lemon and you cut it in half and you cut it again and you have one big juicy piece of lemon you grab it and you take a big bite and then you feel the you know the sourness and it just all the juices are squirting in your mouth and you just feel all that and if you go through that visualization your mouth will start to water so you have a physical reaction to simply a thought right um so that thought is going to give out a feeling so it's the same thing it's easier if i say something negative but um you know if you imagine like a little cute kitten and then just his head getting chopped off it makes you feel like kind of, oh, my God, you know, like, but then if you imagine 20 cute kittens and you're playing with them and it's all wonderful and you're having a good time then you feel good. So as you're thinking thoughts, you're sending out a signal. So now in sport, this is the next way I can relate to it. When I'm teaching an athlete and I'm and I just got a new uh, like uh, athlete on my Zen athlete team, his name is uh, Brody Carmichael. And I think anyway, he's new. He's a buddy of mine now, but uh, he, he's super awesome. And he's and yeah. he wants to do the first uh, front flip heel clicker on a freaking 
in a motorcycle. It's insane. Wow. And so I just tell him, I was like, yeah, no problem. I was like, visualize this trick every day for an hour until you know you can do it. So without hesitation, that guy has gone through my program, which I've given my program out to a lot of people. He's already gone through most of it in one day. He's made himself a guided visualization. He's listened to it every day because he has a necessity to, you know, make his body okay. Because if he messes it up, it could be a serious hospital trip, right? So that's all yeah. it is. Every single day he's doing it over and over and over, and you'll get to a point where you know you can land it. This will happen. It usually takes, depending on the difficulty of the trick, it's obviously a progressional ladder, but like four to seven hours, maybe four to 15 hours, depending on how complicated the trick is, but you'll get it. And then so he's already landed one of those tricks of his visualization. It took him less than a week. And the difference being is he has necessity. So now you take that same necessity and you think about you know, what you want to create in your life, anything, health, abundance, uh, career, uh, relationship. Everything that I've ever read on manifesting says you need to be able to relax your mind, step one, go into the void, go into the blackness, go into the darkness, and hold your attention on the thing that you want and give it feeling like you already have it, right? So landing that front flip on the motorcycle with the heel clicker, um, feeling that every time. So feeling what it's like to live in abundance, feeling what it's like to have it, live in health, feeling what it's like to live with your relationship, feeling what it's like to live the life of your dreams, feeling that dream job, not saying this is exactly what it is, but it's like, okay, this is all of the things that I want in a girlfriend. You know, she's so beautiful. Um, she takes my breath away. She's such a kind person, um, blah, blah, blah. And you have this list and then you're feeling all those things and you're holding her hand and everything is joyous and magical. Or if it's your job, you don't worry about what exactly, you know, you know, you don't say what the job is. You say, how does the job make you feel? So you, you know, you get paid well, you can take time off when you need uh, you're inspired by your work. You love your employees. And then you go to work every day and you feel all that and you let the universe drop it down. And if you can do that with the same level of necessity that a freestyle motocross rider has and a person with a terminal illness dedicated to um, not dying, which, you know, they have a high level of necessity, um, then you can experience a miracle. And that's when people have miracles. They do it time and time and time again. And that's the practice. And that's how you have to do it. But we get up and we're hardwired to get up and run around and chase money. And we don't have any time to reflect inside, not realizing that when we look inside, that's how we create everything. So we don't have this practice. But if the world adopted that practice and did it every single day for an hour, they would create the reality. And I know, uh, you know, five or six people personally now that have watched their life shift from one to another because they were at a point of necessity. Where it's kind of like um, I don't know I don't know if it's true I heard it on like Dante's Peak that old movie but um, yeah. it's like it's uh, you drop a frog into boiling water and it jumps out and you drop a frog and you slowly boil the water it'll boil to death so most people yeah. are in this like warm stage so the life isn't you know amazing and perfect and all the best um, but it's not terrible either so then mm. they're not really seeing this like you know I'm like well what if it could be like like your heaven on earth, like what if you could have like anything, you know? And they just kind of, so they don't have that same level of necessity, right? And they're kind of comfortable with the, where, where they are until maybe they lose their job and security, something happens to their health or they receive a catalyst. And the catalyst is for you to remember how powerful you are. Mm. A lot of people do actually forget how powerful they truly are. And I was just going to touch on this um, there, Matt. Um, people will come to that seminar with sickness and diseases 
but they give so much highlight to that sickness and disease that that almost gives them their own identity. Like I'm the I'm the ill one, I'm the sick one, and so they don't really understand. So, Matt, was the people at the seminar with sickness and disease, and were they using Joe Dispenza's methods, and did it change them? Yeah, so that's a really good question because uh, you know I wrote an article about it. Uh, it's really long. It's at my website, it's, uh, Matt Belair slash Dr. Joe Dispenza or something like that. Um, really interesting because, like I said, I'm on the side of I believe this stuff works. You've got doctors and engineers and people with illnesses, and he's up there on stage, you know, saying to people with terminal illnesses, "You can heal yourself." That takes some yeah. heavy, big set of balls, and that's where I like really respected him. You know, I was like, I fucking love you, man. Like, you have some balls, you know, because for me, I'm like a bearded, you know, mm-hmm. you know, snowboard bum, right? I can say whatever I want. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a <laughs> doctor. I'm not, you know, like, I'm not trying to find all the science. So I can just be like, yeah, you know, like, then they can just disregard me. I'm Matt, you know, he's a crazy hippie. Like, what does he know? You know, <laughs> but he's up there and a really educated man, like doing his best. To, to bring and, and convince people that they can, they can heal themselves. So the biggest part of a disease is created in the mind, and um, it is most of the time from stress, or if not 100% of the time, right? So if you're really yeah. sick, do you live a life of really high stress? So it is not like a cure-all, and you still might eat it, you know? Like, let's say myself and someone else gets cancer. I'll do all these meditations, and I still might eat it. That's possible, of course. Yeah. But I'm surrendering. I've, I've surrendered to my death, and I've surrendered to this higher power. But I also know that higher power, I can, I can heal myself, right? But if, if myself and someone else has this thing, this terminal illness, and I don't give myself the opportunity to live, you know, who's, who's going to be more likely to create a miracle? Um, it's going to be me because I believe in it and I, and I know that I can do it, right? So if you have 100 people and 100 people, right, maybe 50 people of Dr. Joe say themselves, maybe 20, and the other one's going to be zero. So there were stories of people healing themselves of terminal illnesses from saying that they, uh, it, you know, I can't remember the stories, but there was two or three people went on stage and that I talked to personally just from going around that were like mm-hmm. either they, they – healed they were in such a pain place like in so much discomfort and now it's not perfect but it's way 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 better and some people that went on stage and said look i did everything i did everything i did every drug i did everything that i could and you know one of them was like eight months six or eight months and she healed herself i can't remember what it was it was something with her something happened to her spine and she was just in discomfort every single day and so um you have to be able to suspend disbelief so it was so interesting because at the end, I meet these people, really uh, doctor, one, one of them, two of them were doctors, one was a pharmacist, and, and they were talking about, uh, you own a huge pharmaceutical company, and they were talking about, are we taking the Dr. Joe uh, Kool-Aid? And I was like, oh, that's so funny because they're so smart, and they're just, and then I remember I had a conversation with another guy, same thing, he's like, am I getting duped here? You know what I mean? And because yeah. people are going around duping people, it's true. Um, and I was like, that, and we had this conversation. But because I've been able to go to this realm, like this, uh, you know, this place, that, you know, like through yogic breathing, anybody can go. But once you go, it's like it's it's so profound that everything changes. You you see how powerful you are, and you surrender to like the universe, and anybody can go. And it's and it's something that changes you because it's more real than here, you know. 
And you're like, oh, okay, you know, it's, it's just, it's humbling as hell. So these guys are all thinking with their analytical mind, but with, you know, with like a little healthy debate between them, I was able to bring them to the other side. And then one lady was like, you know, I need to see results, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and I was like, well, how stressed are you? She's like, I'm so stressed. I was like, I do the meditation every day. Then I live the rest of my day in stress. And I was like, well, that probably has a big part to do with it, you know? And then the reason why she was there is because her mother, uh, you know, was, couldn't get better, couldn't get better for years. Uh, she's, you know, she's an older lady in her 80s and was doing the Dr. Joe's and now she's walking around. She hasn't walked in years apparently and she's walking around, oh. just something, something along those lines. You know what I mean? Like really miraculous. Yeah. And so it opened her up um, to the possibility and like another doctor as well. So going from, you know, Western and then, you know, this woo-woo stuff, but like, hey, we can heal our, our bodies. So some people, it, it really depended on the person, man. And that's what I found in, in my work and the people that I meet, uh, whether I try to help them with, uh, you know, what their possibilities are in sport or in life or in marketing or whatever. I'm always trying to help people and I'll, you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll help people create their own meditations. I'll refer them to Dr. Joe. But whether they go out there and they buy them and do them, you have to be ready to wake up. Nobody can do it for you. You're, you're in your own belief systems, you know. So my yeah. job is to be the example of me, you know. So, like I said, you know, if so, yeah, definitely there are there were stories, and I met people, and you know, you look in their eyes, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you, definitely. And you know. Yeah, I think I think as well, Matt. The power of the mind and the body is just so incredible. But uh, Matt, as well, I was reading one of your um, one of your other latest blog posts on uh, Matt and Josh's uh, new website, who we both know as well. But um, I like that something that you said on one of the blog posts, and you said that until you go, when you go, you know, and you know. And you don't have to prove it anymore. However, ask yourself this. How happy are you? Really? How free are you? Do you wake up with joy and wonder, passion, fulfillment, and awe of life? And you said, when you get when you get this gift of awareness, you realise a few things. But Matt, I was wondering, like, what are those t- few things that you realise? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good question. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, man. Well... I think the biggest one is that you don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I see these people going around and like, you know, spiritually goes a big one too that I see a lot. Uh, it's like defending points of view, you know, it's like, and it's also, uh, um, I just saw somebody, tell, what, Matt Kahn, and I've heard of him before and I just saw him uh, speak, he did an hour thing and he talks about the righteous ego it's like totally it's like when righteous egos were um you know for me to be right you have to be wrong yeah and i totally accept that you're correct can you know is yours and it has nothing to do with me we take it a person we need to defend it right so it's like look this is right for me right now and i'm open to change because i've been to a place that like i had no idea what the f is going on like the thing is Nobody knows what's going on, but they think that they do. But if you break down each individual thing, you know, to what it is, you then get a very clear idea that you don't know anything. Now, we know some things, you know, we want to hunt and gather and know how to build a house, stuff like that. It's all practical. But the real deep, you know, meaning of life, the whole mystery is like we don't know what the hell is going on. Um, Now, the other thing that you know is you know that you are not your body you know that you do not die and religion. And so if this were in like, you know, the, you know, to recent day to all of history, religion wouldn't frighten you. 
you know, that yeah. there is no hell. You know, heaven and hell is here now, um, and it's your choice. You know that this is a place for you to learn, um, and you can take it less seriously. It's definitely not a, a problem fixer. If anything, it can be more effing confusing. <laughs> um, yeah. But you see it more as a game, and you're, and then you know you're humble to this power, to like real you know God power. And like if I talk to a religious person, then I'm usually pretty pretty gentle with it. Um, but uh, you know you meet people of religion and politics in the states, right? And I've done these podcasts with Americans, and and I'm always worried, like because I'll talk about uh, the military. Oh yeah, you guys are American. I don't know what's what's it like. It's it's kind of medium in England, isn't it? With the military, like the whole go to war patriotism thing is uh, medium yeah, hot. A lot a lot more people now are waking up, but it, there's still a lot of people who are still like on that bandwagon of like being in C and R C. Right. Yeah. It, yeah, it's pretty fifty fifty at the minute. Like a lot yeah. of people are against the wars and stuff like that now. To be honest, which is which is good. Hopefully, eventually, everyone else, everyone will wake up and see the crap in it. Yeah, because it's such a complicated one. But like in this, in this state, it's complicated, but it's simple. You know, don't kill anyone ever. Um, yeah, but definitely. if someone's coming to your land to try to harm you, then sure. Like not big wars, you know. Maybe have a tactical force to try to prevent that. That's fine. Mm. But you maybe yeah. not go and kill people. You know, massively. Like we could probably not do that. Sort that one out. Um, but so when I'm having a uh, talk with the Americans. You know, religion and politics are really heavy, and same with uh, war, right? Because they're so so patriotic in Canada. It's not it's not like that at all. Um, so, ah, shoot, I forget where I was going with that. I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> and I will I will come back to that thought. It's funny that I just sometimes I, I'm trying to draw the point so much I, get, I have this such elaborate start. I'm like, shit, where was I going with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I know what you mean? Okay, so the biggest reason why people attract what they don't want is because they're thinking about what they don't want all the time. They're in a perpetual, you know, thought process. Like I said before, um, you know, if I say don't imagine a purple rhinoceros or don't picture the Canada flag, you have to do those things to make sense of it. So, like I said with the cat analogy, if I get you to imagine, um, you know, a cat having its throat slit. Or you have, you know, you imagine a cat and you're playing with 20 kittens and you love cats and the joy you feel. Those thoughts create signals. And if you think of yourself more like a bee than a human being, you have more of an idea of, of reality. Mm. Um, yeah, so we're vibrational beings. Um, and, and, and so what's happening is when you have a thought, you're sending out a vibration. When you have a mood or feeling, you're sending out a vibration. So if you think... You know, and everything that I've read on manifestation is like, yeah, you just ask and allow it. You need to vibrate it into existence. So I'm like, okay, going to vibrate it into existence. But if you don't know what abundance feels like or love feels like, how the hell do you do that? And that's the point of um, going into meditation is to find that frequency. And once you find that frequency, you just need to allow it. And how you allow it is by peace, like peace and awareness or gratitude um, because it's a high level, right, if you're being super grateful – um, and what prevents it is thinking about what you don't want. Like, I don't want to fall on my snowboard. I don't want to land on my head when I'm doing my backflip. You know, I don't want to be poor. I don't want, uh, you know, why is every guy do this to me? And then you tell all your girlfriends about how terrible this he was. And then you make a blog post about it. And then you share it with everybody you know. And whatever, mm -hmm. give you, whatever you give your attention, energy, and focus to, whether negative or positive, you get more of. So yeah. that's it. So that's why people are... Um, 
That's why people are attracting what they don't want. And then they're also not deliberately creating their reality by doing a daily meditation process. And there's another guy, Hal Elrod, and it's so interesting. He wrote The Miracle Morning. And he does, you know, Dr. Joe is more about like the one meditation, you know, do one or two meditations a day. And Hal Elrod's about the miracle morning, about basically a law of attraction process of visualizations included, reading your affirmations. It's a SAVERS. Uh, that's his acronym, SAVERS. So it's silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and I don't know if I said silence. I forget what the last S is, but if you search Hal Elrod, you'll find it. And people, again, are having these miracles full-on miracles and right now he's, he's making a documentary and him and dr joe cr found this out the exact same way they both were mangled in car accidents and they both healed themselves they're both examples of what they teach yeah he's an amazing human being Hal elrod i first listened to him um a few years back now and it's really stuck with us his story because he he, he wanted to be a, um, a motivational speaker and he didn't have anything to say <laughs> and then that happened to him and he actually got that. So that was really interesting. Um, I know we've touched on this before, Matt, but um, just to give the little listener a little breakdown, Matt, is there any like simple steps you could tell a listener to first apply the law of attraction? Yes. Um, and wait, before we go there, I kind of like remember a little bit of where I was going with that last thought. You're asking about um, what do you know? When you, so the, the kind of quote, and you read it in close but when you enlightenment to me or, or something like that the awareness is when you know you know so when i'm talking to somebody like in the states i'm battling their ego that's kind of where i was going with that I'm, I'm battling their mind and what they're defending you know where when you know you don't need to defend yourself you know what i mean because you know it's such a bigger picture and you're open to learning and you're open to growth but people really in that in into that level of mind or, or have, have all of these mental structures that they need to defend to be complete and whole. So when you get to go, you realize, you know that we are all one. You know that you're looking at your brother and sister and you know that you want to help them and not harm them. Because if you realize that they are infinite and that they are actually love and beautiful and kind and they could have a life of love and peace and joy and fulfillment, why would you want to suppress that in any way? And the only, re you know, the people who go around suppressing, they, they're, they're hoarding that anger and that, that feeling. And that's where, you know, Buddhism, love and compassion, that's where compassion is. It means I can't go through your journey and I might, you know, in my own journey need to tell you to go F yourself. Um, but I have compassion for where you are, you know, because I know what's possible. And if you could see what I saw, if you, if, or if you could have some of the experiences that I've had, or if I can ease your pain in any, any way, I will. But that's, that's kind of where I was going with that. So that's one of the things that you know as well. And, and, you, and this ride you know, is, not, is not easy, but it gets easier as you continue to align your thoughts and you continue to align your vision and you stress less and you follow your heart more. Because if you follow your heart's wisdom, that's what intuition is, and it goes against practicality. Um, I had this thought the other day, which I really liked, um, and I wrote it down, but it was um, – Life isn't about making the safest choice all of the time. It isn't about making the least risky choice. And that's what everybody is doing. They, you know, they get, they, they're just analyzing their life and looking at it, what is the least risk? It's so messed up. When if you think about your life and you say, you know, where is the most love and joy? 
And that could go completely counterintuitive with the least risk. And most of the time it does. And that's how you live in fear or so in love and not fear. And that's that divide. That's the divide between head and heart. That's the divide between uh, stress and joy and passion and wisdom. And it's massive. So, you know, that's that's what people are doing. They're, they're going around and they're every choice they make is the least risk. It's and that's the that's, um, you know, why they get the results they get. So yeah. anything you want to say there, because I remember the law of attraction and I can go into that also. Yeah, Matt, I was just going to actually say thank you for a finely trail of thought there. <laughs> that point was beautiful. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it really was. And Matt, um, like I said before, this is um, just to give the listener like a, a basic understanding and a couple of simple steps that they could apply so they can start achieving their law of attraction. Totally. Yes. Okay. So let's do this. Uh, like I said, my mentor, a good friend, he wrote the book, uh, The Law of Attraction. He's Michael Lozzi. It's an ex- excellent book. Uh, if you go to his YouTube channel too, he gives away so much valuable information on his show. It's ridiculous. You could you go through his shows and like any of those, it's all tool and process and useful information. It's uh, great stuff. So because he's my homie, um, he's taught me how to do because he does these like facilitator courses or whatever. So I used to teach law of attraction a bit. Um, let me just try to see if I can wrap this up as quickly as I can. So the law of attraction states that whatever I give my attention, energy, and focus to, uh, whether positive or negative, I get more of. So uh, that's the key point. So. Say you walk into a bar, right? And then you're with your buddy and there's all these people, they're having a great time and you know, everybody's having fun. You're just like, oh man, the vibe's really great in here, right? Then yeah. you go to the wrong side of town, you go to a different bar and you got some shade, you know, the biker gang is here and they're up to some shady stuff. You're like, oh my God, yeah. you know, the vibe isn't so good in here. So vibe is a mood or a feeling and vibe is a short form for a longer word, which is vibration. In the vibrational world, there are only two kinds of vibes, negative vibes and positive vibes. And so if a vibe is a mood or a feeling, when do you have a mood or a feeling? All the time. <laughs> exactly. The law of attraction is one job, one job only, and it is to match vibration, match your vibe, match your mood or feeling. That is it. So when I had the B analogy, we're vibrating a feeling. Mm-hmm. So whether it's abundance or lack or uh, you know confusion, depression, anxiety you're vibrating a feeling and the more you vibrate that feeling the law of attraction is checking and matching checking and matching checking and matching right so the what you what you send is from your you know mental construct of your beliefs around money or relationships or all that kind of thing so most this is the key most people uh, and i've covered this um is they're attracting what they don't want because they're talking about what they don't want if you say, you know, don't imagine a purple elephant, you have to imagine it. You know, if I say don't fall on your snowboard, you're going to think about what it's like to fall. So now and for the rest of your life, whenever you say the words don't, not, know, stop and ask yourself, so what do I want? So if I don't want to fall on my head on my snowboard, so what do I want? Wow. Powerful. So, so, so we'll play it out so it's really easy. So if you don't want a terrible relationship, so what do you want? You want to miss one. Yeah, and then you can get really detailed with, uh, you know, uh, as you go down. So if you don't want yeah. to be sick, what do you want? Yeah, it'd be better. Yeah, so if you don't want to be poor, so what do you want? 
Lots and lots of money. <laughs> exactly. So, so this is just like big, you know, this is a vaguer strategy. But that's so if you go, you can't be uh, in fear and in love in the same time. And that's where yeah. that spectrum goes, right? There's somewhere in the middle where you're not feeling much, but it's from fear to love. And so you, you kind of, as you go through the day, now the second thing, um, and this is a, high, a little bit of a higher level of consciousness, which, you know, my idea about monitoring your thoughts, is not mm-hmm. just the words you use, which is a start, it's what you're internally saying to yourself. So as you know, your like, mind is, is going as like the wheel it is, and you start to feel crappy, you start to feel shitty, you're starting to uh, self-deprecate, and you're starting to tell yourself all kinds of nonsense, stop. Ask yourself, so what do I want? You know, if I don't want to fail this test, I love the thought of passing this test, you know? And you're switching and switching. And as you switch the signal and ask yourself, what do I want? Then you're sending a new vibration. And you're telling the law of attraction that you want something else. So, um, you know, your words create your thoughts and your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings create your result, creates your vibe. So if you want to change your result, you need to change your vibe. You need to change the vibration you send. So you need to change your thoughts, then you need to change the words that you use and, and whatever is going, including the words that you're telling yourself. Now, so that's why you're attracting what you don't want. Now, three steps to deliberate attraction, super easy. First one is that to identify your desire. Um, ideally, you get as clear as you can, but don't tell the law of attraction what to do. So the example would be like if you're doing your uh, girl or job, you don't say, I work at this place and make $50,000 a year and this is my job title. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I want a job that involves this. Like, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm doing art and I travel the world and I love what I do and the people are amazing and I get time off when I want. Now you've opened it up to all of the realm of possibility because the law of attraction and not the universe, like when you get to go, you know that there's infinite possibility. It's insane. You can't even wrap your head around it. Infinite. You'll have no idea how it could come. So get really clear on what is most important, what's most fundamentally important to what you want. So whether it's your job or relationship or life, you could be as vague as life, um, whatever. And you make this big list and you get really clear. And you're like, okay, these are the things that I want. Then step two is give your desire attention, energy, and focus. Do that however you want. The best way to do it would be, I think, Hal, Hal Elrod Savers. I have a, uh, you know, a similar process I used for a long time. I didn't call it that, but it was just what I did. And it was basically wake up, meditation. Sometimes I draw a picture about what I want. Um, some, uh, sometimes, like more recently, I've just been writing the story. You know, like, ah, I wake up and like, this is the life that I'm designing. And I just get up as if it's already designed. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I go through and I just experience the energy. And for me, it's the meditation. So I do meditation an hour a day and it's, um, you know, for a while it was the Dr. Joe ones and now it's more my own, but you know, it used to be my own creation. Then it was Dr. Joe. Now it's back to my own creation and I magnify that feeling of what I want to send out. And for me, it's I want to be around the most conscious, inspiring, loving, powerful human beings on the planet. And by powerful, I mean like self-aware, conscious, loving, giving, you know what I mean? Like yeah. stand up human beings. I want to be of service to humanity. I want my unique skills and gifts to be of service. I want to live a life of harmony, peace, love, abundance, and joy. And I just want everything, you know, all of that to be taken care of. So as long as I have enough money to travel and go where I want, I'm abundant. You know, as long as I can do these things and be around these people. But it's the people and community that I've realized is um, what I I want most and how I share my gifts and, 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 and end up... And how I'm of service, I know that that's through different ways, but I'm I'm giving as much to the universe as I can. 
And then the last step, so, so step two, the best way to give it attention is an hour of daily meditation. Go buy Dr. Joe Meditations. Uh, you know, his shocker one's amazing. Blessing the energy centers, or, or not, Infinite Potentials is amazing. Uh, yeah. And you can, and then there's other ones, or you can make your own guided one, doesn't matter. But that's the best way to relax your mind, imprint what you want into the void. Everything I've read on the Law of Attraction says that. Now, step three is the most difficult part is to allow it. So this is where all your beliefs and all your mental contracts and all your conditionings come into play. Allow it is simply believe it. So if you believe that you can attract something 100 or no, so if you desire something 100%, I really want this perfect job. Okay, perfect job. Got it. You really want it. We're with you. Yeah. And you go, I really don't believe I can do this. <laughs> so if you believe, if you desire it 100%, and you give yourself, you don't believe you can do it 100%, you get zero manifestation. Um, and that's how that works. So if you desire it 100% and you believe it and you just allow it, just allow it to come, mm -hmm. um, then you're going to have fast manifestation. And the really important point that I like to make about this, because I've seen so much on you know, how to get this, how to get that, um, create your dreams. And this is something that I've researched forever and I still do. So it's like, how do I manifest my reality? The most important part is to know that it's perfect now. It's well, all yeah. perfect now, and you're supposed to be where you are now for a reason. When you go through your trials and tribulations, and you're learning all these things, and it's not easy, you didn't want the, you know, you didn't want it instantly. So just imagine this: you, um, you know, you want a Ferrari, right? So you go, boom, Ferrari, mm -hmm. done. Like, oh yes. And then you go, yeah. okay, I want this. I want this house and a million dollars, or you know, ten million pounds. Boom, yes. Like, I want this, boom, and it all comes instantly. You're like, where's the fun? That will be, you, you might think that you want that, but yeah. play it out for a day. Play it out for a month. Play it out for 10 years. That will get old so quick. Yeah, definitely. It's, a, it's all about the journey. It's all about the journey, man, and that's the key. That's the trick is not trying to, like, at the same time manifesting, and this is one of the things that, again, you realize when you're there, is you realize it is a game and is non-attachment. So I'm not whole and worthy and harmonious and beautiful. And life isn't perfect when I have, you know, when my uh, crowdfunding company is making tons of money, when uh, Zen Athlete is, you know, worldwide and everybody you know, is reading it and they think it's the greatest thing of all time and I'm kissing babies and, you know, nonsense. It's perfect yeah. now. And that is just a byproduct or a reflection of my intentions that I hold no attachment to. Wow. Wow, Matt, what an absolute amazing breakdown that was, by the way. But uh, Matt, I was wondering, like, I was thinking in my head, like, what's what's one of your biggest like things in your life that you're trying to tra attract now in your life? Uh, yeah. So the the big one is people. That's it. Oh, I, wow. I, you know, full, you know, full surrender to this to this game, and I'm always growing, and I'm always learning. But the thing that I'm intentionally trying to create is people the best people, the most honest people. And, you know, for my, you know, unique skills to be of service. So, you know, I'm meeting a lot of amazing conscious people and I see it growing and I have no attachment to the speed. I can see where it's going because I'm hooking up with a one superpower yeah. person after another superpower person. And I see, and I see their intentions and their, you know, and their wisdom and their, 
and they're just who they are. I'm like, oh my god, like so much amazing stuff's gonna happen. And I'm, yeah. and I'm just like, what are you doing in your life? They're like, oh, I'm over here, and they're having a great time, and they're sharing, and they're helping, and they're, you know, they're doing the work. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm in the Alps, so I'm in Barcelona. I'm just, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm doing the same thing. So we kind of got to be separate now, but I can definitely see as this, we're connected online, which is which is massive. It's a huge first step, and then it's going to be other things, conscious events, uh, seminars, festivals, whatever the case is. But the thing is. You know, at the end of the day, for me, creation is almost like nonsense. Like I am of mm-hmm. service, and, and that's a big mental trap. Like I don't need to create anything. If I want to go in a hobbit hole, or I just want mm-hmm. to snowboard for the rest of my life and do nothing for humanity, that's okay. The universe didn't put me down here to fix it all, but it gave yeah. me purpose if I wanted to. And once you find that self fulfillment, that self love, you want to be of service to your fellow man, but you know that it, it's never up to you to fix. It's like you're a child in the eyes of the universe. Like it's not broken, dummy. It's perfect. Yeah. And you're like, well, how can it be perfect with all this messed up stuff? You ha- I don't know. In words, I can't. You know, I I need someone like Alan Watts or uh, yeah. someone else to explain it. Like, yo, Alan, can you handle this one for me? Like, this is where I'm at. Can you explain this? Right. And that's like a depth of wisdom, a depth of clarity. And and some people have it uh, now as well. But the point is, you don't need to create anything. Right, creation is almost a trap in itself, rather than just being. Yeah, definitely. So, as well, as, oh, sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, I was just gonna so so be more and do less. Yeah, definitely. As well, Matt, when you talk, and um, you touched on before about when you said friendship, I think as well, like when you're fully in their moments, like with people who are like-minded and the conversation is just flowing, like they're the best moments in the world, and I think it's just a complete like breath of fresh air, like when other people have the same ideas and visions of you as yourself. A hundred. And I think. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's why, like, surround yourself with like-minded people, like yourself as well, is the key to push it to that next level. Yeah, 100%, man. I I, I definitely agree with that. Um, And that, for me, you know, when I'm having those conversations and I'm around those people and I'm feeling that energy that can only be around those people, uh, that's that's when I know, like, that it's, it's truly complete. And I think as a service, as whatever we are, and I've heard, you know, a lot of different names to like that type of person. You know, some of them are like indigo people or, you know, all the new age movement has like all sorts of bullcrap names for them. Some of them yeah. I definitely resonate with. But you know, I always thought that I was normal and I've realized that I am not. Uh, and that yeah. was in my, in my 20s. And I yeah. know that I'm born a little bit different and and that's okay. And then I, I've met people that are like me now, more of them, and they're kind of like coming out of the woodworks. And I see what they've gone through in their stories. And they're very similar in a lot of ways. And so sometimes we have to go around and we're connecting these groups, you know, and then we come together as a collective and then, you know, we kind of go around and, you know, it's like sharing that light and wisdom or, or whatever the heck, not, not light yeah. and wisdom, but just, it's, it's so simple. It's just being a good person, like, you know, but as yeah. you tune your signal to what you want, you attract more, more of those people. So it's like a radio frequency. If you're stuck at like 60, you know, you're in radio dial 60 and you tune up to 75, well, some friends will disappear and new ones will, will appear. And then again, when you go 75 to 90, it's going to happen again. And 90 to 98, it's going to happen again. Because people are on different frequencies, you're on wavelengths, and you're literally experiencing a different reality. Um, so, yeah. so, like, in this dimension, like, in the world, you know, you can experience multiple dimensions, multiple realities uh, so easily, like, 
like if I chose to go in the military right now, I could have the reality of war right now. I could have the reality of murder right now. And that's what, you know, yeah. right now on the same planet, or I could have the, I could go to a beach and live on a beach for the rest of my life. That would be a different reality on this dimension. So, you know, so if you tune to a new signal and you align your thoughts more and you align your intentions more, you open up your heart more, you increase your vibration, you're going to find new random different experiences because that's, what you are, you're a bee, you're vibrating different experiences and you do it with non-attachment. You know, I don't go, okay, when I meet four people that are really kind, then, you know, then I've done it for the day. You know, there we go. That's I've, my work's done. I just get up and I just chill out and I, and I try, and then I do my work and I try to do it in love and compassion, knowing it's going to happen. I have no doubt it's, it's all going to happen and I'm not rushing it because, you know, there's going to be a lot of benefits to where I am now. I like just hanging out and not doing much, you know, but in these direct experiences with amazing people that continue to happen, that's when I'm like, yeah, man, you know, this is the best. Like, this is it. There's nothing else yeah. I need. There's, I could wake up and dance for a year straight and nobody could tell me that, you know, I needed to do something or create something or whatever. You know what I mean? I just danced and that was being alive. And that's what we're here to do. Just be alive. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, that's why this, this game of life is just one of the best best and biggest constructed and most most amazing games ever totally it's just man. absolutely amazing but matt as well i know that you've um you've been traveling a bit lately as well like you said before and um in a previous the previous podcast you talked about how you were doing the um the five by five kettlebell workout you got from um pavel tatsulan i think it was yes but, but um have you have you still been like incorporating that methods like when you've been traveling and stuff like kettlebell workouts uh so normally i'm i'm always uh working out so just a correction um, in his book, uh, Kettlebell Simple and Sinister, he recommends as a daily workout, it's 10 sets of 10 one-arm swings, and then uh, right. 10 in total Turkish get-ups. The, right. uh, the three sets of three was, was in Power to the People from Tim Ferriss, so, and then he changed it to one set of five, one set of two. So if you're going to do the deadlift, you go three sets of three, um, and then I think uh, something on the bench, maybe like five sets of three. And then that's it. And then you take a day break and then you're on again. Three sets of three deadlift and then your bench. And when I did that, I just added a couple other things to it. But it's super quick and mother, mother front door effective. Yeah, and I yeah. got so damn strong. Um, but for me, that you know, the strength journey was just an interesting one. I just wanted to see how strong I could get. Now I, I don't care. Um, yeah, you know, it's in there. I'm, I'm strong and I'm fit. But I was like, you know, I was snowboarding. So it's like time. You know, I'm I'm a really fit guy, but I don't care. Like, I don't need to. It's a lot of effort to maintain that. So yeah, if I'm snowboarding every day, you know, that's what I'm doing. And if when I get back to Canada, I almost always have a kettlebell. But because I'm traveling with so much crap right now, kettlebell wouldn't be the smartest thing. But you know, if anybody out there have a kettlebell, I'll, I have a, in Canada a 45 pound kettlebell, and I do swings and get ups with that, and that's it. Mm -hmm. That's you know, I do that as a minimum, and then I skate because I'm. Uh, you know, as long as I'm healthy and, and loose and, 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 uh, and then I'm good. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's been more, more snowboarding, more skate. Yeah. I think, I think it's all about just having that right balance. And I think like with, with the kettlebell training, it's like, it's just a completely amazing tool to build like a good foundation of strength as well. And for me as well, it's like, it's certainly my like favorite tool as well for like that all around like athletic development as well. And I think as well, like just, if you think about it, like the sheer amount of like movements that you can perform just with a kettlebell. It's absolutely amazing, like you can build strength, power, endurance, conditioning, coordination, even grip strength as well. And if you think about it, the movements like that you do with a kettlebell, they constantly keep your mind guessing as well. 
and keep your uh, your body interested in guessing as well. And I think as well, a workout that I like doing is, is I don't know if you've ever done it before, but it's called like a five pyramid, pyramid, and where you do like a kettlebell swing, and then you press and you do like one, one in each side. Then you do two, two on each side, and then three, three, four, four, oh, five, yeah, five yeah, on yeah. each side. Yeah. But like even with sort of the kettlebell, though, you could just you could definitely be sorted for the rest of your life just with like a couple of kettlebells and your own body weight. Yeah, totally, one hundred percent, man. It, it, it's it's I tell everyone it's a strength hack. It's the it's the fitness hack because you know working out, you know, you go to the gym or whatever. But if you have a kettlebell and you just do swings, and you could go online and find yeah. a million kettlebell exercises. But the thing about kettlebells, all all sports use it because that's how effective it is. It's full body explosive training, and it does everything. Um, and his book, um, Simple and Sinister, I believe it's that one, he says that if you swing the kettlebell correctly, it can generate up to 10 times the amount of force on the body. So, and I, I hope I hope this is what it says anyway, this is what I remember, that's what I've been telling people. So, <laughs> ask Pavel, I don't know. Um, so, if it's a 35-pound kettlebell and, you know, you swing it properly, you can be generating 350 pounds of force on the body. Wow. You know, so, so... Yeah, man, right? So then you're having that resistance, and then it's so simple. You don't have to worry about going to the gym, and then it's a whole commitment thing because life gets in the way. That's what life does. It's consistent change. Maybe you got to work harder one week, and it breaks your routine. Maybe something happens with your kids. You don't know what's going on, but if you got a, you know, you got a kettlebell at home, you just swing that mother, and that's it. Yeah. Ten sets of ten, and it's going to keep you strong, and that's what keeps my strength. Like when I'm doing the kettlebell, and I haven't deadlift forever, and that's what I had that thing on my Instagram. And just I wanted to see how well the Pavel uh, thing was working, so I did my max deadlift, and I thought it was going to be around like 425, and I did 463. And I was like, holy sweet mother God. And I was not even working out like that much. I was working out consistently, you know what I mean? But very many minimal workouts. And that was that's, the whole That's strong, that math. That's really strong. Yeah, and I was 178 pounds. Wow, wow. And so I, I wasn't going to the gym getting crazy because I was skating, right? And that's why I started doing these workouts because I was skateboarding in Victoria and I didn't want to work out and not skate. I did not want to be too – I love skating way more than working out. Um, so if I was going to work out and I couldn't skate, I wasn't interested. And that's how I started doing the Powell workout. So I'm going to the gym for like – you know, sometimes it would be like 20 minutes. And then the other one that I really like, I don't know if I told you guys, an, another hack, you want just pure strength. One Pick five exercises – do one set of five. So you've got bench, squat, deadlift, uh, dips, and I did uh, pull up. And you do one yeah. set of five, and then you piece out. It's hilarious. You just and, <laughs> and I did it, and I did this when I was in Mammoth. And again, just like the strength just kept growing. I was like, this is this is so ridiculous, but I love it. Twenty minutes in, uh, and I could skateboard, and I could and I could uh, and I could snowboard. You know, it never really affected that. And, you know, for straight up skateboarding and snowboarding, strength isn't really the best training. That's why I've moved towards, you know, back into, you know, if I do anything like TRX and jump training and more agility stuff because it's it's more helpful. But I did the strength training for a while because it was something that I had never done and I was curious about it. Yeah. Mm. I think that's something so beautiful. Like, it's like we can just use simplistic things like a kettlebell or our own body and it can transform our whole way of life. And like what like one of my favorite forms of exercise is just using the body weight. Like to me, it just gives us like a great sense of understanding with me and my own body. Like, do you do much body weight movements, Matt? Yeah. So I've always done just through martial arts. That's how I always did. You know, that's what my workouts were forever. You know, yeah. it was kind of like I had the mindset as like if it was a you know if it was a weight, it was no good. Oh, this is not true. 
Um, but yeah, as you get more information, it's just what you kind of want to enjoy and learn and, and grow with. But calisthenics is amazing. And that's all you need. You actually don't even need a kettlebell. But kettlebell yeah. is a strength hack. It does help if you want to grow strength. That is a super excellent tool. Um, now, calisthenics, you could just do just do burpees. You know, you want another simple one? Do 100 burpees a day, and you will be one fit mother. You know, 100 burpees a day. If you do that, do that for 20 days and give me the test. And if you're not, you know, in shape, then okay, man. Like, you know, but th- I know that works. It's it's terrible exercise, but it works. It works the whole body. You know, so I used to just do circuits. Um, from martial arts and boxing, right? So I do like push-ups, sit-ups, uh, burpees, crunches, you know, side crunch, whatever. And I would just make a little circuit and do it myself on my own. Um, but that's not the greatest for strength, strength, right? Um, so yeah. now, you know, I'm, I'm always doing different things. So when I go back to Canada, you know, if if my perfect environment is a world-class skateboard park, a world-class snowboard park, and a uh, gymnastics facility, that was that's my heaven. And I usually get you know one or two of those things. Um, very rarely do I get all three and that's what I would be training in those things. So trampoline, uh, you know, like everything, gymnastics is calisthenics, right? So we do pull-ups and uh, muscle-ups and all that kind of stuff. So I think the important thing is to do something and, uh, yeah. just whatever it is to have fun because we're, you know, we've got people listening like, well, is cal- should I do calisthenics or should I do strength exercise or how do I, yeah. or how do I combine both? Yeah. Like, oh, sweet, just try it. Sweet just mother. Try it. Yeah. There's just do something, just do something and it's all confusing and then just learn as you go, you know, start mm-hmm. with the minimum, you know, do something consistent, minimal rather than, you know, maximum with minimal amount of time, you know, like, you know, one super workout a week is not as good as, you know, seven little mini ones. Exactly. Definitely true. But yeah, calisthenics, calisthenics are amazing. So I'll give you a sweet workout uh, that I uh, kind of did when I was snowboarding. Um, so do, uh, you know, kind of like three sets of five pistol squats on each leg. So one-legged squats, if you can do them. Mm-hmm. If you can't do them, feel free to grab like a door or something. Um, then do push-ups to just before exhaustion. So let's say, you know, you're starting to get tired. Like just, but when you get tired. So if you do, let's say, if I can do 60 push-ups, um, and I start to get tired around 48, stop at 48. Um, then do the same thing with sit-ups and then do burpees. And then just do that randomly throughout the day. And so you don't want to gas yourself out completely, but if you do all that, it's a full body workout. So you wake up, right, and do like one set of that routine. And then maybe at lunch you do another set and then maybe after dinner you do another set. But if it's this little bit consistency without blowing yourself out, it's it, that's really going to, you know, create that that fitness you know create that uh that adaptation in the body and, and and rather than just you know dedicating this hour to go at it right so you're just like and it doesn't get you all sweaty or whatever right so you can be wearing your jeans and you just get that done but that right there is works the whole body and it's really easy to do oh fantastic i'm gonna try that one actually yeah and it, yeah and, and as and the beautiful thing is as you get stronger or wherever you're at just adapt it you know what i mean so pistols are a challenge, right? Start with, you know, I had to start with a couple. I had strong legs. I was like, okay, I can only do like three single leg squats right now because they're hard. And, you know, as you do more, then you work out. But you'll you'll see how fast you can grow it if you just go, okay, I can only do two pistols, you know? Cool. Yeah. Start with what you got, but but do it a few times. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely Simplicity, man. that's the point, right? Pick a few exercises, a few things, and just do them sporadic throughout the day, not in one full shot, and keep it simple. Definitely. Just do what makes you happy. That's what I say, man. Hell yeah. If it makes you happy and it moves your body, live it. Yeah, exactly. That movement, whatever you like. So, Matt, like, I wanted to change the podcast up a little bit and see what your thoughts are about this. 
and we want to ask you like a few different questions at the end of the podcast just to give it a bit of flavor and mix it up go for it and, and so Matt I was wondering if you could guarantee that every public official or leader read just one book and engaged in one habit what would those be wow that's a good question <laughs> one book hmm. you know the first one that comes to mind would be uh, the autobiography of a yogi yeah good book that's uh, yeah I think that's, that's pretty epic um, I don't know. It's, it's such a good question. <laughs> There's so many. I mean, then it'd be like it also goes into my whole my whole thing about wh- how I feel about politics and everything. My whole, yeah. just to address that very briefly, I think the people need to transcend it. And as we fix ourselves, we will fix the system. You know, yeah. Don't be looking. It's like it's like getting the medicine. Uh, you know, treating the symptoms in pharmaceuticals rather than you know treating the real illness, which is your diet and you not being healthy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, why you're yeah. sick mostly and your thoughts and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there we got to transcend that as the people. That's my thought. But really, really good question. And the habit? Like, yeah. habit? Meditation. Yeah, definitely. That's it. Or if a habit could be, uh, you know, compassion, then I would, I don't think that could be a habit, but that would also be another. Uh, just they, they're forced to be compassionate in all circumstances. Yeah, definitely. I think ayahuasca might do the trick as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've said that on a podcast. I was like, if I could pull it, because it, it's hard because people label it into drugs that have no idea what they're talking about. Um, and, yeah. and it can be challenging, you know what I mean? Definitely not everyone should drink ayahuasca. It's super intense. Um, but if I could pull a trigger and make all, all the world like kind of have to have the effects, I'd probably pull it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're like, okay, everybody, this is going to happen whether you like it or not. Oh, my God, no. Yep. Boop. Like, <laughs> And it would change the world instantly, for sure. Definitely. Matt, I was wondering as well, if, if you could like go back and give, your, give, give some advice to your like, 20-year-old self, like, what would you say to yourself? Uh, that's another good question. I've thought about this question before, actually. Um, and, and I think that I would just say, enjoy it. And I did. So my, like, I don't, I'm, as I, as I, they have like interviews and people, you know, I meet a lot of people when I travel too. So, you know, people definitely mm-hmm. find me a curious person and I am. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm at a place in Barcelona. Yes, it's an electronic music, music festival. Right. And like, I just not, like, I just blow people's minds. Cause I, I just, I can't, I don't know how to change. And I find like, if they have like this distortion or limitation in their thought, I kind of like break them down one at a time. Until I eventually bring them into like, hey, like, what's your biggest goal? And like, what would you do if all, all of that stuff you told me, which isn't real, were removed and you just did what your heart wanted, you know? And then I get them as like, well, this is how you can create your reality. Like, if you start doing this, and I give them the analogy of like the lemon to like the necessity of uh, visualization to doing a visualization every day on what you love, it'll happen. So the difference in like kind of explaining this is like, you know, the difference between me. And most people is that I, I would change very little about what I've done almost, you know, my whole life, especially the last 10 years as I mm. followed my, like I was, you know, I was moving at 20, I was moving to the mountains to snowboard to pursue what I loved. So, you know, I would just say, you know, in that dark time that I had when I kind of realized how effed up the world was, I'd be like, just relax, man. You know, it's going to be fine. Just, just relax. It's just a ride. Take it easy. It's going to be okay. Yeah, I like that, man. Yeah, definitely. I love that. So, Matt, another question. What would you teach to a class of ninth graders? Ninth graders, shoot. It's another good (laughs) question because um, 
the next book and the next programs I want to write or, or do is about uh, youth, like teenagers, you know, yeah. and, and how to, how they can create the reality and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think that my focus in, you know, one class, if I, if it couldn't be for a year would be to, to get them to connect with themselves and what their passions are. So I would try to really, you know, do a, do a, do, um, you know, just work with them and just opening up and finding what brings them joy and then giving them as many tools as I could to encourage them to pursue that and realize that, you know, again, it's, it's all, it's all realization because like if you just go towards your heart and you learn what you love and you, and you don't attach to needing to do anything, you know, cause in school they're like, you got to get, you know, through yeah. Middle school is like you're going to go to high school and then in high school, you know, you're going to finish that and then you're going to go to university and then you're you're now privileged to get a job, you know. So it's yeah. always like you're not good enough now. Don't experience now. Worry about, you know, later. So my thing would be, you know, kind of F everything that everybody's telling you. What do you love yeah. to do? Learn about that. Learn about everything. Enjoy the ride. Don't take it seriously um, and spread love and kindness. That's about everything you need to know. And so let's start now with developing the skills and things that you love and you're passionate about. Because if you do that, that's how you're going to be able to create a life around it. Yeah, definitely, Matt. I like that. Well, Matt, we've got like two more questions left. And this one I want to ask you is like, I was going to ask you, if everyone had a meditation practice, what do you think the world would look like? More peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> if they did it right, well, I guess... And it's the community too, you know what I mean? Um, it would be, I think it would be more peaceful. Um, yeah, because, you know, me, again, meditation isn't a cure-all. And some people, you know, they get their meditation through woodworking. They get their meditation through art. It's presence. It's the practice of presence. When I'm skateboarding, I'm meditating. When I'm snowboarding, yeah. I'm meditating. When some people are painting, some people are work with their hands. Um, but the point is you need to learn the skill of meditation to, to know that you're not your thoughts. That's the point. So, uh, Schwarzenegger did uh, I guess I should say it's full hair everyone knows who he is <laughs> uh, awesome guy he, he's, he's so funny um, but I was listening to one of his podcasts and he said he did Transcendental Meditation for one year on the Tim Ferriss podcast and, yeah, and stopped um, because he under he and you know I'm totally fine with that I stopped meditating for a while too and then I was like oh no like and then I switched it into create and that's when I was reading enough about manifestation. I was like, oh my God, okay, this is what I do. So the meditation was for me to learn how to clear my mind so that I could imprint the thing I wanted. If you cannot remove the clutter, then you cannot consciously manifest. Right? So you gotta learn, you know, even if it's, you know, you do meditation for a month and then you learn it, you're like, okay, now I've removed the clutter. Now I can imprint what I want because for me it's a fundamental shift in consciousness for a person who can clear their mind and a person who cannot. I think that the person that cannot clear their mind and goes into a meditation and says, I can't do it because I think too much, they're at a different level of consciousness and awareness than a person who can do that. And it's very big. It's a very big leap, and it's your choice to remain kind of with your head in the sand with that and to wake up because that's, that's the step one. That's, that's you starting to build yourself out because you're going to have to start to have more awareness. You realize that you're not your thoughts, which then you can realize that you're not your feelings and then you can start to get to the meat and potatoes of, of what you are. And I've, I don't, and I was explaining this one to a person, if you think about it, um, so you guys are over there and, uh, you know, I chop off both your hands, right? And you're like, <laughs> okay, 
you know, you, my hand is gone, but I'm not my body, right? We know that because if you chop off the other hand and your arm, you're still living. You're not your body. It's like, okay, so am I my thoughts? And then you start thinking, like, okay, so this is a thought. Well, it's changing, and your thought changes again. Your thought changes again. Well, you, damn, I can't be that. And then so you think, well, am I my past? So you start looking about your past, and you're like, oh, well, I'm not experiencing that now, and it doesn't exist now, or does it? And you get all messed up there, so that's not it. So then you're like, am I an accumulation of everything? And then you start to think, and you then you realize you don't even know what the hell you are. Yeah. You don't. So when, don't when you sit and you can clear your mind and you get to the space of what you truly are, that's when you know what you are. And you have to experience it directly. It's not a place for words. And that's where you get into the whole Zen shenanigans and, and all that. You know, the kind of like yeah. you don't know until you know and blah, blah, and all this kind of mystic stuff. But yeah. you've got to learn to clear your mind to experience what you are, full presence, full connection. Um, and, and yeah, so I, f- I really feel like that is a, you know, uh, something that people should um, invest in, in learning. Well, about what answer? <laughs> I'm just completely, I was just memorized by the answer. Yeah. I'm see what an answer that was, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Oh, and Matt, final question. If you have to leave one final note to someone, listen to this podcast, what would you say to them? Um, you are loved it's all going to be okay like it Ah, that's beautiful short sweet and simple I love it yeah that's it I feel feel good about that (laughs) yeah man that's a beautiful message and something that all humanity would love to hear to be honest so Matt I'd like to say thank you again for your time and for the people who may have missed you last time where can they find you and what plans have you got coming up? Oh my god. We're going to have so many bloody things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so I don't even know what I'm doing, man. I'm, honestly, I'm like, I'm like a just, I'm like a, what is it? I'm like Gandalf, just like going around these different places like a hobo on my skateboard. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but what I'm working on, you can find me at Zen Athlete, rebuilding that one. And I'm not technical, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out everything I'm doing but mostly I'm working Zen athlete trying to popularize the mental game of sport that's what I want to do so you want to learn about the mental game meditation you know somebody that wants to share that with kids or youth organizations or whatever how do we popularize the mental game of sport that's that's one goal that I got going number two uh, my own podcast and that is to interview the most inspiring uh, conscious high vibrational people and share their wisdom and stories so that's another thing and I've got uh, Dark Horse Pros, which is crowdfunding for extreme sports athletes. And our idea there is to liberate athletes and so they don't have to depend on their sponsors. And then they can fund big projects, right? So they can do their own like version of the X Games. And with their influence, we can actually crowdfund really easily. And then we've got uh, finally – actually, not finally. i got like three other things. But, <laughs> um, but Evolve Online – dot uh, co and this is a you know a conscious website you know trying to bring bring people together people and articles and information um, that can help you evolve that can help you learn that can help you grow and I know that you know Josh and Rick as well and they're two amazing yeah. guys and then I met another guy naturally being in the flow that uh, you know we're thinking about starting a company um, that's a conscious uh, venture capital company. So figuring out a way to provide funding and business development for conscious uh, initiatives as well as uh, anybody living their passion. So that includes artists. 
So we've got a few people um, working on that, and um, we, I have a, we have a big mission for that, but that's just a kind of new one starting. So the universe has given me lots of stuff, and I'm kind of uh, just, you know, putting put, yeah. putting different uh, pellets out there, but I'm I'm around, and, and uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, that's they'll be able to find me at my website and stuff like that, but yeah, yeah. going with the flow. Yeah, cool. But um, I'd just like to say, Matt, thank you again for being an absolute epic guest because it's just been an amazing pleasure to have you on again. Thank you so much. Oh, guys, thank you so much for having me and uh, what you guys are up to and, and trying to spread the love and knowledge to your community. So I acknowledge you both. You're both wonderful, special human beings. So thanks for having me on and uh, I acknowledge your, your epicness as well. Yeah, you too, Matt. Thank, thank you, you for the love. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for taking time out your day to boost your consciousness. But guys, we really need your help. If you're loving the podcast, please pop over and leave us a review and tell us what you think. And also, don't forget to head over to our website at ascendbodymind.com and check out our amazing gallery of other great episodes. Thank you and have a great day. Join us next week in the next episode.